Welcome to the first English department podcast. Today we are going to be focusing on Shakespeare's Othello, particularly thinking about ideas of racism, racism in and around the play. I, Mrs Cook, will be hosting and I will be joined by Miss Collins, Mr Morton and Mrs Lloyd Truick. We will throughout our discussion be making reference to an article by Martin Orkin about racism in Othello and a few different parts of the play. We've made all of that available if you want to take a look at it for yourself. Othello is a play that has been controversial amongst black actors. Some see it as an opportunity to play a well-rounded black Shakespearean character. Others see the play as proliferating racist stereotypes and so want to stay away from it. The first conversation we're going to have um, is about Brabantio. So when the play starts, we find out that Desdemona and Othello have recently gotten married and Desdemona's father, Brabantio, has problems with this. His objections include the fact that Desdemona has gone behind his back and is disobedient, but also um, seem to include the fact that his white daughter has married a black man. So the first question we have is... What is Brabantio's greatest argument against Othello and Desdemona's marriage? Is it Othello's race or is it Desdemona's disobedience? Mrs Lloyd Truick, what do you think? Well, I think there's elements of both in the problem, um, but I do believe that Brabantio's racist behaviour towards Othello only comes about because of being provoked by others. So if we think about in Act 1, um, the audience learns that Brabantio has invited Othello into his home previously. Um, he was also part of the council that elected Othello as a general. Um, if he did both of these things, then could he really be racist? Um, and in terms of the provocation, if we think about what Iago and Rodrigo says, um, Iago in particular says, uh, you're robbed for shame. Um, the devil will make a grandsire of you. I think that the particular language that's used by Iago in that p- part of the play makes Brabantio feel ashamed, feel like he needs to argue his case and that that brings out the racism in in Brabantio towards Othello. Um, also, I think that his feelings of betrayal encourage his racist response um, and I'm not sure if we could actually argue that he is racist or if it's his daughter's actions that have brought it out. Um, in Act 1, Scene 2, Brabantio says, um, for if such, ac- such actions may have passage free, bond slaves and pagans shall our statesmen be. So he's warning what the outcome would be if white men were to treat um, black men who they deemed to be inferior as their equals. They would. He's warning that they could take their place in society, that the black men could take the place of the white men and therefore assume power and control. Um, so I believe that his racist outburst shows the prejudice towards different races in general, not just Othello. Um, so, yeah, what do you think, Mr Morton? I think it's complicated. I think that to talk about race um, in the um, late 16th, early 17th century is complicated. Um, that's something we'll perhaps come back to a little bit later. But um, my feeling is that Brabantio is not as nice a person as we think he might be. So when we were first introduced to him, we see that Iago um, is kind of really undermining the, the role of um, the council and and people that are in charge of the city. He alludes to the idea that they're kind of corrupt, um, 
and they're not really gentlemen of, of any variety. They're just people that have power and perhaps money. So my feeling is that there's a whole host of things here about him not having control. Um, he obviously did welcome um, Othello into his house. He uh, acted as a kind of like father figure to him and he listened to the terrible stories of all the times he had been um, kind of cast here, there and everywhere as a slave um, and, and welcomed him into the court when he could win wars for Venice. Um, but when he has something to do with his, his daughter... Um, it suddenly becomes this massive issue to do with um, he's some kind of animal, he's some kind of wretched figure. Um, at the same time, I think Shakespeare has a real issue with fathers and daughters. If you look across his other plays, he, we see Juliet in Romeo and Juliet falling out hugely with her father when um, they uh, he, she doesn't do exactly as he says. Um, in King Lear, we see that... Um, there are at the opening of the play is a father testing the daughter's love and being massively disappointed when they have any anything that looks like independent thought and then in Othello we see this articulate well-educated cultured beautiful young girl um thinking for herself and falling in love with someone that she respects and someone that she um someone that she finds some kind of a mutual ground with emotionally and that's not good enough for Brabantio. We also see at the beginning of the play as well that he turns everyone away from his daughter. So that might be something that of interest. He, you know, he comes to his window and says, you know, I've charged the um, Rodrigo to, you know, to not haunt my doorway type thing, which tells us that many men have come to try and take his daughter away from him, and he's turned them away one after the other. Um, I think it's complicated to say whether it's race or whether it's about losing control over his daughter, but I think the kind of double whammy almost of both of them means that um, he is absolutely confounded and, and he does what any good kind of like um, power-hungry man does and he seeks the help of other power-hungry men as well. So he goes to the Senate and he says, please, you know, take away the life of the person that has stolen my daughter. And he uses that language. He uses the language of she has been taken and stolen and, and poisoned away from me, the person who has given her everything. So I just think it's this crazy kind of cocktail of um, lots of lots of things about an old man that had everything his own way and he's just had his daughter kind of stripped away from him, really. I think you make an interesting point that he goes to the Senate for kind of other powerful men to support this decision. Um, and they kind of dismiss it quite quickly. You also pointed out that um, he's kind of accepted to a certain extent by Brabantio until he then threatens his daughter. If um, the Duke didn't need Othello to go off to Cyprus at that moment in time, do you think the Duke would have had more to say about Brabantio's um, kind of racial problems against Othello? To be honest with you, it, it, it may have been the shortest play in history. Because my feeling is, if a black man at that time took a, a, a powerful white man's daughter, he, he, he asked for the death sentence. That's what he does. He goes to the Senate and he says, I want, I want what's owed to me. I want this person to be killed for taking my daughter. And the, Senate, the, the, you know, the, 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 the response is, um, when we're finished with our, with our kind of problems here, then I will give you what you want. He doesn't then realise that there's almost like a double double jeopardy where they're actually talking about Othello at that moment. So he doesn't really realise that when he gives him that response. But I think, yeah, in, in other circumstances, because Othello is just used. 
you know, we find out very early on in the play that Othello was a slave and he was also a different religion. And then when he becomes a Christian soldier, you know, much, uh, you know, a lot of the language of the Bible is about being a warrior for Christianity. As soon as he becomes a Christian soldier, um, he can do no wrong. And it's about Venice and about Italy and about the way that the, the country worked at that moment, having power and having this huge empire. And he is just a pawn in that that helps them to get the land and the, and the necessary wealth that they need to be. Because Venice at that time was the centre of Europe. You know, it was the centre of trade. It was the centre of, of um, controlling like all the way from the Middle East over to the west of Europe, Spain and, 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 and upwards. So I feel like Othello is this massively powerful person until he has an opinion about something. OK, so it seems that maybe Venetian society accepted Othello, but only to a point. And as and once he's shown an opinion or done something that wasn't expected of him, um, he's kind of cast to the side. So that kind of brings us to the next question about whether there exists within the play as a whole, just kind of an implicit um, racial bias. If we look at a lot of the um, black and white imagery that Shakespeare uses in his language and is used in a lot of literature, we're kind of supposed to believe that black is symbolic of evil, corruption and manipulation, whereas white is about goodness and innocence and purity. Um, and so particularly in a play that is so concerned with race, um, does that language where black is good and, and black is bad and white is good kind of demonstrate Shakespeare's implicit racial bias? Um, so I think there are certain um, norms within Shakespeare's work which makes this question really interesting. So if you look across Shakespeare's work, what, what you find is that bad things happen at night and good things happen during the day, or at least things, if you go with that metaphor of casting light on something, i.e. during the day, then things get found out or thing, or truth occurs in the day. Um, and, and what we find in, um, in Othello it is something very similar. There's that sense of something being hidden or something being in the dark and then something being um, in the light and the truth um, uh, um, unfolding. I mean, it's really powerful, I think, that the play opens in the middle of the night um, and one of the strange things is that the Senate is being called in the middle of the night and we find out that Othello has just been married to Desdemona and, you know, that seemingly is a good thing. However, it's happening in the middle of the night, so it's happening under the, the kind of cloak of dark. And the Senate is being called because there is a war. We're in the middle of a war and they need to send Othello away immediately. Um, so there, there are some allusions to um, dark and, and, and light. The one that really sticks out to me is when the whole kind of like um, kerfuffle with um, the Senate is kind of finished. And uh, on the way out, Brabanto is, is told, you know, you know, look to Othello he, if, you, if, if you have eyes to see. Um, and, and then they make a reference to him being far more fair than black. Now, there's different connotations to the word fair, but I think there's a sense of like... Um, it's talking about whiteness there. It's talking about being white. And he say, and he basically says to Brabantio, um, you know, he, um, he's far more white than black. He's far more good. He's far more like you and me than he is like those other kinds of people that perhaps we find scary, that perhaps we find um, alien to us. Because for me, Othello is not a play about race, really, if I'm being honest. I think it's about people that are scared of difference. Because there's something there about old people being scared of young people. There's something there about being scared about people that you're not used to being around. I think black people at the time 
would have been seen more as exotic and unusual than something to be reviled. I think, um, I don't think the average uh, 16th, 17th century audience would have seen many black people around. So I think it would have been something about finding out about black people. There's something there about poor people and rich people. There's something there about people being loved and people not being loved and, and, and how that works. So for me, Othello is a play not just about being white or being black or the differences in there. It's about every kind of difference every kind of difference. And the most powerful version of, of Othello that I think I've seen, um, Iago was also black. And, uh, and and that turns into something about friendship. as opposed, Instead of sitting there and going, oh, goodness, like, look what happens between that white man and that black man. It turns into something is deep within that relationship and something has been soured. And that makes it a far more... Um, a, a, a play that's far more about the subtle differences between people. The, the young people don't understand the old people. The black people don't seem to understand the white people and vice versa. There's cultural differences between races and um, religions. Othello is very, very quick to use language about Christianity. And, the, and what you realise as the play goes on is that he's new to Christianity. This is a brand new concept for him. He's just probably relatively um, uh, recently become a Christian when he was a Muslim slave. And so he uses the Bible to castigate Desdemona with. And he says, you know, was this good book there to write whore upon? And, it, and it's, it's kind of like childlike. Um, and, and so it's not so much about race for me, that um, the play. It, it, it's about people trying to come to terms with things they don't understand. So does... The use of black and white imagery is important. Yeah, of course it's important because there's stuff like, you know, the old black ram is tupping your white you when Iago shouts that up to, to Brabantio um, on his, you know, into his house. And there is that obvious use of black and white there. But I think what's more interesting about that quotation is the use of the ram and the you, this sense of experience and innocence. So again, there's another difference there that isn't just about colour. It's about... Um, it's about exposing, you know, some of the ugly cliches and stereotypes that people walk around with in their head. So th th I think the, the colour, the use of colour is really important. But um, I don't think it's fundamental because the, the, the blackest person, metaphorically, is Iago. He is dark inside. He's really, really dark to his core. And in some ways, Othello is this beaming kind of like childlike who is so open to trust to trusting other people his virtue you know if i was to assign a color to othello it would be white because there's that purity and that innocence to him and so i think shakespeare who is is ingenious in the way that he he flips what you're thinking you see othello you think something and then he flips it and then he flips it again you expect him or the at least the audience would have expected him to be not very well spoken or not very articulate and he's massively articulate and then you see him and you expect him to be vulgar and crass and he's, and he's, he's eloquent and, and elegant in his actions. And so for me, Shakespeare was supremely clever and he made you think something and then he unravels it as you watch it. So how do you think um, ambiguity around the word more might affect how we see this? Um, it's been mentioned already that more largely refers to um, kind of North African origins. Um, but I have come across suggestions um, that actually it's usage 
was very vague at times and could even have been used to refer to dark hair rather than dark skin or any particular ethnicity. Um, now, in modern adaptations, you would never see an Othello that wasn't black. Um, have we, as modern audiences, ascribed a race to Othello, which Shakespeare wasn't quite so intentional about, and so therefore have we ascribed um, meaning that Shakespeare didn't put there? So I would agree with Mr Morton when he says that, you know, black and white imagery is something that Shakespeare uses across all of his plays. Um, if you think about Macbeth and and the kind of connotations of, of, of kind of almost black magic when it comes to Lady Macbeth and, and when Macbeth moves from being this pure kind of innocent individual at the start of the play someone to look up to and then as the play develops that that kind of imagery of blackness develops and like envelops him and I think that it's important to acknowledge that kind of black and white imagery in general is something that you can see across all texts not just Shakespeare's plays but I think it's also important when we're looking at this question of kind of implicit racial bias to kind of examine where that imagery comes from and whether that imagery is in its essence kind of showing a racial bias or or stemming from from this idea that black equals bad and, and white equals good and I think that you know in doing some research you'll see that the bible which is one of the very first texts um the colors of black and white they carry you know black carries the associations of kind of like doom and sin and and white carries the associations of, of kind of like victory and, and and heaven whereas black is kind of hell and and the connotations of black across literature texts and specifically in shakespeare because we know that he uses them um show kind of evil and and, and kind of threat and and therefore moral and also physical ugliness whereas white connotes innocence and purity and, and and kind of virtue and so therefore moral and physical beauty and these associations were extremely common throughout western culture now if you look at it in terms of othello like mr morton said you can't ignore when iago refers to to othello as kind of an old black ram and uh desdemona as as the white you that yes the the metaphor of ram and you is is definitely significant um but it's it's the adjective beforehand the black ram therefore showing that this person is a threat this 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 black man comes with this this evil and and, and therefore he's threatening their very society and and then you've got desdemona who, as Mr. Morton mentioned previously, you know, she is a very articulate, very um, beautiful and, and, and very strong-willed woman um, being kind of used in this metaphor as an emblem of kind of innocence and purity and virtue, even though we know that there has been tension with her and Brabantio. Um because she's so articulate and because she she kind of stands up for what she believes in it and, and, you know, she goes against what was typical of women at the time. And I think that actually when we, when we get further into this, though that 
that kind of imagery of of black and white does take on a deeper meaning in 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 this play in this context and i think that shakespeare would have recognized that you know if we think about the fact that um kind of in the area <clears throat> sorry in the era that shakespeare's writing you know society was predominantly white and it had only more recently been exposed to people of color um and black people through the exploration of kind of colonizers and people were threatened by their kind of perceived exoticism of black people um and therefore you know white people were not successful in overcoming their kind of ingrained associations with black and white so i think that in this context it takes on another meaning because yes those connotations were there to begin with but also if we're thinking about the context in which society kind of was founded then mr morton was right in saying that there wouldn't have been many people who would watch this play and and have experience with black people but the fact that there is a black man in the play and and there he he is referred to with with this kind of imagery that you know black is evil and it's a threat and 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 it's it's hiddenness and it's it's cloaking in danger is something that we can't ignore as having an implicit racial bias I, I guess what you are you got to ask yourself is uh, how are stereotypes created? So we look in this article and we see that geographers at the time were going to Africa and coming back and saying black people are like this, and there's no real sense of talking about specific kinds of black people or black people from the north or south. And and I think one thing that's really interesting is that you know Othello the Moor. You know that I think the the term the Moor is used forty plus times in the play instead of Othello's name. And so what you've got to ask yourself is, well, why has Shakespeare done that? Well, because what he's done is he's effectively stripped him of any individuality and he's made him into a black person. And a Moor is actually a, 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 a person from the north of Africa, um, traditionally. So there's that sense of he's, he doesn't have any specific... Um, he doesn't... Sorry. <laughs> that was me. Um, he doesn't have any specific um, sense of... Oh, what, what, what do we what do we think Othello thinks? It turns into what, what how would a black person react in this situation? Which um depending on what you think about Shakespeare, you could say is either ingenious and he's highlighting prejudice, or you could say that Shakespeare was a product of his time and he was reading these reports from these geographers and he was reading um what other people were writing about race and he was listening to what people were saying in the street and what people were saying in the in the theatres. And he was giving them what what they wanted, I guess. Um, my feeling is this is something we'll never know. Um, we will never know whether Shakespeare was trying to highlight the pre- how prejudice can eat away at a person and break them down, even if they've got an incredible character, or we don't know. And um, um, we don't know whether Shakespeare thought that that of people at the time. Um, so, in answer to the question as to whether Othello's character reinforces or subverts racial stereotypes. I would argue that it does. I think that it's definitely a product of its time, but we have to remember that that time was an overtly racist one. And I think that if we're going to discuss this question, it's important to think of Othello's character development. Specifically, we could look to the issue of whether his fall from grace 
ultimately betrays a racist Elizabethan stereotyping of the emotionally incontinent black man. And I think we have to ask ourselves, why does Shakespeare, in essentially a single scene, change this articulate, strong and very confident leader into what is essentially a racial stereotype of of a savage outsider? I would also say that for this specific question, it's best to look to prominent black scholars and actors who have played Othello to really kind of understand whether or not he is a racist stereotype. Hugh Quashie very famously wrote an essay called, I believe, Second Thoughts on Othello and the issue of black people playing that part. He also very famously played Othello too. He says that you can't argue with the context of the time. You know, at that time when the play was being performed, Othello was being played by white actors in blackface. And this was, of course, something that happened regularly. You know, we look to all the women were played by young men, for example. Um, But he also argues that Shakespeare, he doesn't think was very interested in the psychology of Othello or his behaviour. Something that we see very clearly is broken down into a violent madness by the end of the play. But more interested in Iago. And both Mrs. Loitrick and Miss Morton have said, and I would agree, that Iago is definitely portrayed as the most evil, you know, when we're talking about the black and white imagery and, and Iago having this innate blackness. Um, but he is still never referred to with the same barbaric language that Othello is. And I think, in my opinion, when it boils down to it, I think that Othello's character does reinforce these stereotypes because, I mean, put very simply, there were inherent racist biases at the time. Black people were seen as the other, less civilised, dangerous and essentially a threat to society. You know, you can see this, and I know we've mentioned it already, when Brabantio warns of bond slaves and pagans at the very start of the play, because this was a legitimate worry for white people and, and Europeans at the time, that black people were threatening the very fabric of their society. I think what is most interesting looking forward is how black actors are playing the role now and how we can use this play Othello as very much a product of its time but also as an example of how to challenge racist stereotypes in contemporary society and for that reason I think it's important to recognize that it is an inherently racist text you know from a historical and cultural point of view. What do you think Miss Cook? So I'm not sure I'm convinced that Shakespeare is intentionally shining a light on prejudice and oppression. And I wonder if it's kind of a bit anachronistic to suppose he is um, going against the prejudice that existed at the time when he was writing. Particularly if we look at the black and white imagery in the play and it's so tied up and so hard to pick apart when it's about race and when it's just kind of a metaphor for good and evil and even within the same scene we could say well this bit is about blackness and this bit is a metaphor um but it's quite difficult to pick apart um whether Shakespeare was you know trying to make some point about the um racism that he saw around him um and his language does seem to reveal that maybe he is just presenting to the stage Um, the racist stereotypes that existed at the time um, without necessarily questioning them. What are your thoughts, Mrs Lodrick? 
I would flip it over and say completely the opposite almost. Um, so you mentioned, Mrs Cook, that you think um, Othello is incredibly jealous um, and, you know, we see that at the end. But actually, Iago's jealousy causes all of the the major events in, in the plot. Um, and like Mr Morton said, Iago could arguably be the more evil character than, um, than Othello. If we think back to the beginning of the play, um, in Yargo's soliloquy, you know, he kind of reveals all of his plans and intentions to get his revenge on Othello um, and reveals himself to be almost like a predator. Um, in the article, it suggests that he is portrayed as a moral, anti-Christian and savage. Um, and this is some of the reports that, and the stereotypes of black people in the times. So is it that Shakespeare purposely chose Othello to be that black man and but then portrayed Iago in this evil character um, to show some sort of truth almost in that it doesn't have to be that way and um, that there is some difference between black and white but not always uh, to the negative that being uh, the black man. Um, I also think that we have to consider um, Yargo's behaviour towards Othello, would it have been the same if the general was a white man? Would his jealousy have come out quite so brutally um, in his in his plans and his intentions? Um, you know, Othello's race is used by Yargo to encourage prejudice from Brabantio at the beginning. So I, I'm not sure whether it's that Shakespeare was putting Othello across to be the jealous man or whether it's Iago that's more jealous in that way. I think, listen, I think we definitely, with the the tide of time, we definitely look at things in a different kind of way. Um, it goes without saying that for, throughout the 17th, 18th, 19th and 20th century, Shakespeare's work would have been put forward to an audience that, in a way that would have pandered, you know, for want of a better word, to the sensibilities of that audience. We live in a time now when race relations are a hugely contentious topic, and I think that, um, and I think it's, it's possibly. Listen, in the past, I've written essays about Othello in which I have grasped at straws about things, and they are definitely products of my education, are products of. Um, um, the ways that I have been thinking at that time that I possibly wouldn't have thought about either before or after. So I think we're all sensitive to what's going on in the world around us. And I imagine anybody that's studying Othello right now um, in the Western world um, will be writing from the point uh, from the point of view of this poor guy that's been oppressed for so long and he, he loses it. Uh, and he can't take any more, and he gives in to this stereotype, and you know that you know that use of language in the middle between um, Iago and uh, Othello when he says, you know, um, the, when he talks about the green-eyed monster, because effectively what happens is um, they paint a picture of how Othello should be, and they communicate it to him periodically throughout the first half of the play, and then he becomes the monster that they painted. And so it, it's very difficult to, to think about it in any other way because he's been turned and screwed and kind of mashed and pushed and uh, to the very edge. When we meet Othello at the beginning of the play, he is, as I said before, articulate. There's that bit, I think it's breathtaking at the beginning when he's confronted by this whole 
bunch of people that want to kind of like almost um, kill him there. And he says, were it my cue to fight, I would have known it without a prompter. I mean, this is a man who's in complete control. And then we get halfway through the play when he's been absolutely prodded and pushed and prodded and pushed and prodded. And he carries all of this stuff. He carries open racism. Whether we think it's racist or not is kind of open to the debate. But he is race baited. He is called certain names. People think certain things about him. And he has to endure listening to that. And he gets that horrible bit in the play where he turns around to um, the Argo and says, why did I marry? When in fact, nothing's happened. And so that for me is the is the kind of like culmination of years and years and years and years of torment working against it working against it working against it and then he just reaches a breaking point and he turns into the monster that they portrayed him as because that's what people do that's what everyone does if you are called a certain thing repeatedly then you and you get to your breaking point then you turn into that thing um so it's difficult. People will always analyse Shakespeare or any other playwright or author or poet based on their current kind of context. But I think I think for the thing for me that's kind of interesting and, and the reason why I, I think the term more is interesting is because if he's a North African, that means at the beginning of the play he's killing his own people for Italy. That for me is really, really profound because... At the beginning of the play, when he's sent off to, to sink the Turkish fleet, it, more or less, he's killing his, his the, the, the place, um, he's killing the people of, that he grew up with. And that, for me, is, is more profound. I, I, don't, I don't think, I think it's a little bit lazy to keep talking about kind of like blackness and being black. It's more about he's now mutinied against his own culture in the name of being a Christian soldier for the Venice Empire. That, for me, is really interesting. I think this whole discussion about what colour skin he has is is largely kind of academic at times because I see him more, almost as like an Arabic kind of like, as an Arabic figure for me personally. Yeah, I think that brings back to the uh, kind of what we were talking about right at the start in terms of um, Othello being um, accepted in the Venetian society up until a point because we know that Venice was an empire that did bring people from all over the world to fight for them. And so that's what, I guess, sets the backdrop for his otherness, um, regardless of what his... And so possibly when we're talking about him being openly embraced within Venetian society, it would have made much more sense for him to be a, a slightly lighter-skinned North African, that they would have been used to dealing with spices and, and this kind of thing, as opposed to someone from more Southern Africa that they would have had possibly less to deal with. And, and, and so maybe the... The advent of him being um, welcomed and ingratiated into Venetian society is not that peculiar because there may have been quite a few people like Othello walking through the streets of Venice at that time um, that wouldn't have created much of a stir, really. So it seems that um, Othello may be a play that is more about um, cultural differences and otherness rather than specifically um, blackness. But there does seem to be a degree to which Othello is accepted into the Venetian society. But when he steps over that line um, and marries one of their daughters, that's when um, we start to see the kind of racist language coming forward. Um, so, Mr. Lodrick, what are your final thoughts on racism in Othello? So, overall, I think that Shakespeare's presentation of 
the masculine dominance in the Venetian society, particularly when it comes to father and daughters, um, alongside racial prejudice, leads to Brabantio's kind of loss of his daughter and also the the relationship breakdown between them. Um, but I also believe that Shakespeare contradicts the 17th century opinion of black people through his presentation of Iago being that more sinister character um, than Othello. Yeah, I think I'd like to pick up on that point. I mean, if you just go back to kind of basics, you know, who's the real evil in the play, uh, Iago? Who are the people controlling others? Um, you would say um, it was the Senate and it was Brabantio. Um, who is the weakest character? Who's the most um, risible and easy to dislike? I think you would say that um, that was Rodrigo. And, I, and and who's the most kind of um, uh, who's the who's the one person that's kind of really bothered about their legacy and bothered about how people see them? And it's Cassio. So, you know, th- there's a whole host of evil on display there that that is kind of dedicated um, to to the white people and 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 what they represent. I see Othello as this real mixed bag of about a hundred different emotions, um, and I see him as a victim. Even at the beginning, I see him having to defend himself. I want to believe Shakespeare um, had somehow witnessed or was open to the idea that people from different um, racial backgrounds have it harder than other people, especially within a kind of white empire. Um, and at the time, there was there were there were sorry there were wars happening um, and people being oppressed. So. Like I say, I want to believe that he's making a comment here about how easy easy it is to dominate someone when they kind of have felt dominated for generations. Um, we know that Othello was once a slave and we know that he's carrying that baggage with him. So when he gets the opportunity to rise up the ranks and, and within this white world become something, we know that he's carrying the baggage from the past. So for me... I, again, I'm, I've said it several times now. <laughs> I want to believe Shakespeare is absolutely aware of the fact that he's he's beaming a light on. Look at what you can do to someone in their most vulnerable state, and and that vulnerability is his race. Um, the evil that surrounds him, the kind of pride, the ego, the the power, is all white. And and um, and to, to top it off, I guess you know he has put his entire trust his entire trust throughout probably his whole of his um kind of like career into the most insidious repulsive and negligent friend that you could possibly have and at the first sign of him not getting what he wants he just goes for Othello um and he turns him into the monster that everyone else can stare at and point at and say oh we should have known this would have happened so you know, I, I, I think it's a massively complicated play. It's my favourite play. Um, but it, it is kind of quite myopic, quite narrow-minded to think that it's just about black people and white people. Because actually, if you look a little bit closer, what you see is there's an awful lot of difference and an awful lot of people that are kind of not coping with the world that they live in. So my final thoughts on the play are this. Othello incurs resentment for many reasons. He's from a land that Venetians consider exotic and mysterious. His military accomplishments far exceed those of the men around him. And 
I think the most visible indicator of his outsider status is also the one that provokes the most poisonous responses. Othello is a black man in white Venice. And so whenever characters such as Iago feel jealousy or fear or, or just simple hatred toward Othello, they give vent to their feelings by using racist slurs. And I think for much of the play, Othello resists or seems indifferent to the racism that plagues him. But eventually, he internalises Iago's, Brabantio's and others' idea that his blackness makes him barbarous. And I think it's this belief, as much as his conviction of Desdemona's guilt, which allows Othello to kill his wife. When he turns the race weapon against himself, he dooms both himself and Desdemona. And that character development, whilst situating Othello as a victim the audiences feel sorry for, is ultimately a disappointing one. Because the only time that an audience is able to feel, really feel, for Othello, is with pity. So for me, I'd say that we have to look at the societal context. And whilst Shakespeare, I think, was undoubtedly a genius, I don't know that he would have been consciously trying to subvert these racist norms. I think that he was definitely exploring them, but for me, that exploration falls short of a kind of liberation story for black people and falls more clearly into a play that deals with race, the only way that a white playwright would do at the time. Lovely. Thank you very much. If you have found this conversation interesting, please take a look at what we have uploaded for you to have a look at alongside. Thank you very much for joining us for the first English department podcast. And thank you to Mr. Morton, Miss Collins and Miss Floyd Truick for joining me today.